Georgia Shield. This week, I am talking with Lottie Diel, the bright mind behind Banish, a lifestyle store helping people navigate their own behaviours and purchasing habits. As we share reflections on our own waste-free journey, the challenges we have faced and overcome, but also those which we are still working through. This conversation comes to you as a lead into Plastic Free July, to share tips and tools to help you make realistic and achievable goals to reduce your own waste. It's about tailoring goals to suit your own lifestyle and ensuring that you know we are all on this journey together. Thank you for joining us for this special episode. And remember, if we all make small changes together, we can have a huge impact. So Lottie, tell me a little bit more about your aha moment, because I, I must admit I've heard it before and I just have to get our listeners involved because it was quite a fascinating aha moment for me, quite a unique one. Yeah, well, my aha moment came last year when I decided to reduce my waste as part of my New Year's resolution. I also tried to do a whole bunch of things like lose a lot of weight, run a marathon, all of these things, none of which happen except for reducing my waste. And I just tried to make more of a conscious effort. I thought I knew about the statistics around plastics and about the state of the earth. And I just thought, okay, well, this year I'm going to do something about it. But when I started, it was really difficult. I found it so hard. There was just no information around what to do or kind of what how to even navigate around plastic and then when I would do all of the research into say for example the best type of straw whether it was stainless steel silicon or bamboo I'd order a stainless steel straw online and then it would come wrapped individually in plastic and I just thought what what is the point of this it needs to be easy if we want people to make a change and I just, yeah, I just couldn't really believe it. So I decided to launch Banish, which was an education platform and online store that focused on helping Australians navigate their waste and how to reduce their waste, but also giving them credible products that were legitimately plastic-free, ethically made, paraben-free, palm oil-free, all of the bells and whistles, and somewhere that they could trust and they could turn to because I feel like there was a lot of information out there for people who were already doing a really good job, but there was no information for just you and I and how we should reduce our waste. And I really love as well that you seem to have a way of talking and being with people where they're at. You know, a lot of your content is very much about bringing people on the journey, whereas I I do notice within the waste space, the longer you're in it and the longer you live it, it's harder, I think, to remain humble and continue to talk to people that are still on their journey and I feel like your content does a good job of that and so tell me a little bit more as well about your offer because I find it it's also a bit of a missing link a lot of people have content but don't have the solutions right there by way of actually like an online shop like where do I get this stuff from so how what was the journey for you to get to where you are now and actually source products that are in line with your values it was a very long journey (laughs) well Actually, no, it wasn't. 
It was like two weeks. Anyway, okay, let's do that again. Um, <laughs> I've really loved the journey and I think through all of my research into finding the best products, I was able to find all of these other small businesses that were doing absolutely amazing things. People in the middle of rural Victoria who are hand knitting their own dish wipes for people. And for them, they've got this amazing ethos and this passion, but they don't know how to put it on a bigger scale and how to bring it to a whole large market. So I thought if I could bring together all of these small voices into one platform, then that would really help them, but also help me because I'm, I believe in all of their stories and I want to help share them. And that's really how the whole ethos was behind the products. All of the suppliers are Australian businesses and it's just all about, I think, how together we can make change. So I don't think we should be looking to one sole person, but I think as a collective group, we can really impact and influence people. Mm. Which leads us on to, I guess, what is the mecca for someone who's in the waste space or trying to influence and help people reduce waste? Because it's about making it approachable for people. And I think that's what Plastic Free July does or tries to do, which is really why we're talking today around what people can do during the month of July to try and reduce the single-use plastic. But also I'm really excited that we're going to have a bit of a chat about some of the challenges that we have overcome within our own waste streams and some of the challenges we still face because no one's perfect. I've, I've been on my journey for like six years and I still struggle with some of those um, single-use plastics and avoiding things and just the nature of convenience. So I'd love to jump into that segment of the show today and really talk about what individuals can do to reduce their single-use plastic. Um, so before we jump in to that, what is Plastic Free July and what is it going to mean for you and, and the work that you're going to be doing over the month of July? So Plastic Free July is really just a month where we really focus in on reducing our single-use plastics. So it just kind of is a month where we can really be held accountable for our single plastic use because I feel like it's kind of like when you do a fitness challenge. If you say, I'm going to become healthier this year, it won't really happen. But if you say in the next four weeks, I'm going to go to the gym five times a week, then you're going to become a lot healthier. So I think it just gives us a bit of a goal and a framework to work towards. So I know with what we're doing on Banish this month is each week we're focusing on a different element of the home. So we'll be focusing on just in general single-use plastics so things like your coffee cups your straws water bottles everything then we'll be going into your beauty and bathroom routine because that's somewhere where I really struggle to reduce my waste then we'll be looking at in particular food waste because a lot of the packaging around food is really difficult and how do you get around that and then lastly we'll be just looking at the home in general and kind of delving into laundry routines and things like that so I think by breaking it down into segments it's really a lot easier for not only me personally but just in general for people to get on board because I just think having those achievable goals is a lot easier than having a whole big goal because I know I'd love to be able to say that I'm going to quit all plastics in July but I just know that that's not possible for me so I think if we can be realistic and just say we're going to do better than we do than we normally do then that's the best thing we can do. Mm. Fantastic. So I mean, let's start. When, when you first looked at this for yourself and you reflected on your behaviours and, and all the, the consumption that's around you, what were the quick wins? What were the first cats off the rank? So I think my favourite swap to date has been a bamboo toothbrush. It's so ridiculous. It's so small and it's probably one of the cheapest changes you can make, but it's been literally my favourite thing because it's doesn't 
feel any different. It doesn't, like, it literally is the exact same thing. You're just using a piece of bamboo to brush your teeth. Oh, well, not the bamboo stick with the nylon bristles, which is a problem in itself. But every single toothbrush we've ever used still exists on this planet. And it's going to live a lot longer than we do. So I know for me, I've probably used about 200 toothbrushes in my lifetime. And I'm only a quarter away through what I like to think of my life. So I've got a lot more coming. And if I can be swapping to a bamboo toothbrush, then that's a great thing. So I think for me, that was just so simple and so easy. Yeah, I'm trying to think back on mine. I'd love to say that it was something really drastic and amazing, like I managed to get all my produce from the supermarket without any plastic, but it's just not true. I think choosing to take my own produce bags was really quick because I do all my own shopping. I cook everything from scratch. I love my food. I spend a lot of time shopping for food. So I think that for me, that would have had to have been the first thing is to buy just same, exactly same thing. It's, it's, you're swapping like for like. You buy it once, you've got your little produce bags. Every time you go to the supermarket, I just take it with me because I already have my really cool, like, woven hipster like, market bag because you can't go to the markets without one of those. So all I had to do was leave my produce bags in there and it really wasn't a change of habit or behaviour at all and it didn't cost too much. So that would have had to have been my first big sort of change. And then the coffee cups. I mean, let's talk about coffee cups. I think um, it's important to note when we talk about swapping things out as well is the life cycle of some products so I think it's fantastic um, to buy a keep cup and so use it you really need to use it because there's a lot of embodied energy in those keep cups so you've got to just take them with you and and I don't know what do you think about the some of the struggles that people have around coffee cups the behavior change that's required what do you kind of find with your audience well I think it's a huge thing and it was brought to light really by war on waste last year that was really I think when we saw a big surge in the use of reusable coffee cups we drink 50,000 cups of coffee every 30 minutes in Australia we're addicts to say the least but that's ridiculous one billion coffee cups is how many coffee cups we were sending to landfill and I think for me it's just part of it's that habit forming like you said with putting your produce bags in your trendy woven tote bag or whatever it is habit forming and I think if you can bring along your coffee cup then it's great but I think a lot of people do struggle with the convenience I've had a lot of people who use apps to order ahead and that's when they really struggle with bringing a reusable coffee cup because they kind of go well I order my coffee on the train so that by the time I get to the coffee shop it's already made for me and ready to go so my conversations with them have been around okay well what happens if you walk past that coffee shop when you're going home at night is there a way to kind of leave your your cup there or can you order one stop later and then get to there at get to the coffee shop as they're pouring your coffee and then all they need to do is just pour it into your cup I think it's just about we need to be a bit more responsible and yes using an app where you can order ahead is great because you save what five minutes of your life if that so I think there's been a lot of conversation around that and it's just about having responsibility and being accountable and I think if you put that in the scheme of things the fact that you saved a couple of minutes or you could just bring your coffee cup then people go well I should just do that. I should leave the house five minutes earlier or maybe I'll catch the earlier train. And I think now we're lucky that there are so many coffee cups on the market that are trendy and cool and it's almost like a fashion statement to have the most colourful, prettiest cup around. So I think that's been a really big thing that's helped as well. I find it really interesting what you're talking about, that juxtaposition between convenience and conscience. And it's something that I 
we all struggle with. Like, not because we just admit it, none of us are perfect. We will get into that in a minute when we talk about the current plastic challenges that we still face, you know. So one of the, my insights into that and my reflections on that conscience versus convenience is around visibility of it. You know, we outsource so much of the processes that support our lives or the infrastructure, whether it be waste management infrastructure, water management infrastructure. There's someone else out there that it's their responsibility to take care of it. And it's been like that for quite a long time, but it wasn't always like that. You know, back in the day, we would have been responsible for our waste to a certain extent. You know, that would have been on our property and we would have had to have taken care of it. So divorcing ourselves of that responsibility is kind of what's been happening. So people can't, I guess what I'm trying to say, people can't be made to feel like it's their fault because we're all desensitised to the responsibility we actually have. And I think another great example of that coffee cups is one, another one is the takeaway because it's so convenient and everyone does it, it's completely normalised. But where that, where that waste goes and how much of it we actually create is quite baffling to me. And so when it comes to takeaway, what's your behaviour around takeaway? So for me, takeaway isn't something that I do a lot of just because, one, I don't like food waste. And generally, if I look in my fridge or freezer, I've got something that I can really eat. But if I do do takeaway, then it's things like pizza. So you can throw out half of your box into the recycling bin with a pizza box but I think as well if you look at apps like Deliveroo now they've got an option on there so you don't have to actually get the cutlery you can actually opt out of getting single-use plastics so it is getting better but I don't think we should feel guilty about ever having takeaway I think it is something that we need to enjoy and that is a part of life and maybe your curry comes in a takeaway container and then you can use that container a couple of times before throwing it out so I think we still need to realize that we can still live a little and we don't have to feel guilty for wanting to get uber eats on a saturday night so it's just about maybe because you've done that then making other changes that do mean something else so maybe you walked to brunch the next day instead of driving or something like that so i think i think the last thing we want to do is make people feel guilty for enjoying their life and i know if i go on a night out i will to the footy i will have plastic cups with beer in it because I'm not going to sit at the football and not have a cup of beer and I think we just need to put it all in perspective and just think well you're doing something and that's better than nothing I really like that sentiment of the trade-off as well I mean we all make trade-offs in our lives all the time Uh, so potentially weaving that through into behavior change around this is a really positive and progressive way to move forward because it's about progress as you're saying completely about progress so we've discussed a lot of general waste I'm really curious, so this is an area where I have a lot of work to do. The bathroom, right? You know, okay, so I've got soap bars, that's a tick. But when it comes to, I only recently just moved towards a deodorant balm that's in cardboard, which is a revelation for me because I go to the gym a lot and I just was in a complete denial that there would be something out there that would work for me. So that's been a real positive, finding a brand that does work for me. It's taken me a couple of years of tests and trial. But that, that feels really good to be able to swap that out now. But when it comes to sort of my hair products and even my face products, you know, I, the test and trial for me hasn't been easy because I tend to break out quite a lot when I change to something that's not great for my face. But I, I persevere with it. That there, there's some challenges that I have in the bathroom. But how, what were your challenges and how have you sort of overcome them? What things are you still working on? Yes, so as I mentioned before, the bathroom is a really hard place for me still, and I'm kind of going through through a phase of using it all up 
is my terminology but it's been like it's been 18 months and I'm still using up old shampoos that I thought that I would be finished with by now so after I've done that use up phase then I'm kind of switching to others but the last thing I want people to do is kind of throw out whatever they've got in their bathrooms and then replace it with all single use uh, not single use or zero waste or more eco-friendly options but I think what's been best for me has been thinking about my grandma which sounds so ridiculous but if you think about what how they grew up and how their beauty routines is it was a bar of soap it was a straight edge safety razor it was things like that 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 would just they'd use an actual washcloth instead of a fancy exfoliating mitt that when you're actually exfoliating is just kind of breaking down into little pieces of plastic and going down the drain so I think if we just pair it back and make it a lot more simple then it is easier but in saying that it's still a minefield and an absolute battle for me and I know I think the safety razor has been a really big thing for me so it's literally a metal razor that will last my whole lifetime you buy one and then you just buy razor blades for it which kind of work out to be about 50 cents each and you're just reusing that over and over again and it did take adjustment but like you it's a bit of trial and error you do have to learn how to use something new but the impact that it's having on the planet is so much greater and I think when it comes to beauty routines is there is no kind of same same you and I are going to be completely different at how we tackle our waste in the bathroom I would love to say that I've made my own body scrubs and that I've made my own shea butter creams because that's what a lot of people do in the zero waste space but for me that's just not realistic I don't have that much of a passion for that kind of stuff. I do use coconut oil as makeup remover now, and I'm trying to do a lot of other things like that, but I'm not going to go that far into basics. But next time I do buy a body butter, it'll be something that's in a container that I know I can dispose of properly rather than just using a tube that you can dispose of, but you have to send it away to a certain specific facility to reduce your waste. So I think... Again, it's very personal, which is why I find it quite difficult in talking to people about it because they want to know exactly what they should do tomorrow to reduce their waste in the bathroom, for example. And I can't say do X, Y, and Z. I can say just have a look at what you've got and see how you can make better replacements there. And it sounds like before that, it's about use what you've got. You know, Don't get too trigger happy and decide you're going to change your whole life and then actually waste as a consequence of that. Which actually, to be honest, for anyone listening, I'm guilty of. I, I got into my head that um, I needed to get better soap, so I actually, in a fit of of passion, like I guess a crime of passion, I threw out stuff that was actually perfectly fine because I wanted to replace it with something that made me feel a little bit better about my impact and myself. And I reflected on that afterwards and just thought, well, that was a little bit ridiculous. So uh, I guess learn from what Lottie's saying, learn from my mistakes. It's totally okay to finish and use what you've got. It's already in your possession. And it's interesting to hear that the bathroom, and I, I suppose this probably applies for men and women, but I would suspect majority, we're talking women here, would struggle with it. And I do reflect and wonder whether there's, well, definitely there's a need for a simplification of our beauty routines and what we're expected to do or what the media tells us we should be doing. You know, the toner, the scrub, the facial, the night cream, the morning cream, the eye cream, <laughs> you know. Um, so how much of the conversations that you're having with women especially is as much about challenging 
that behavior and challenging that rhetoric as it is about actually the solutions I'm curious well it is a tricky conversation to have because as you say if you've had that kind of it distilled into you kind of that you need to have a six-step morning and afternoon beauty routine it's a bit ridiculous when you look back on it and I've got friends who say oh you know it's when I go to the beach that I have the best skin possible and I'm going is it because you go to the beach or is it because you're on holidays and you don't take your 12-step skincare routine you maybe take one or two different products with you and I think we need to especially when it comes down to skin we need to look at what we're putting in our bodies as well because our skin is a direct reflection of that and no matter how many serums and toners and scrubs you use if you are eating terribly or if you're really stressed then you still are going to get pimples so I think it's looking at it holistically and kind of taking a step back from it and maybe it is just when you do finish a serum not buying it straight away and just seeing what impact it has on your skin and you might be somebody that does need to have five different things in your beauty routine but then again it's coming back to that swaps what else can you do in your in other parts of your life then to kind of combat that love it and look we're we're going into a whole uncharted territory there so let's jump back into plastics but it's an interesting it's an interesting conversation you know it's challenging some societal norms, but also just it becomes a bit of a value space, especially for women around what they feel they're expected to do. And and one thing I've actually found is the amount of money that I've saved is probably more the motivation for me. I just think, wow, you know, you pair it back and you actually save money as well. Now it's time for Climactic Community Corner, where we play voice messages sent to us on Facebook. We're opening up this space for the community to share events, news, thoughts, feelings, all sorts. If you've got a message to share, just send it to us at Climactic Show on Facebook or hello at climactic.fm. Are you tired of the decision makers being indecisive about the climate? Are you tired of the climate emergency not being front page news? Then come peacefully rebel on the streets on October 7th for a whole week of climate action. Head to your nearest Extinction Rebellion chapter to find out more. Uh, Food waste, my personal passion, forward slash gripe. So um, I suppose I'd like to open this sort of conversation around food waste with a bit of a um, disclaimer that one of the things I still struggle with being a omnivore, a meat eater, I still struggle with how to get certain meats plastic free. It's less so understanding what I need to do because I'm very aware of how I could go about it, but it's probably the convenience factor of it that's a bit of a challenge for me and it's something that I'm still sort of working through. So love to hear your thoughts on some of the food waste solutions that you offer, but also some of the challenges you face as well. So full disclosure, I have gone vegetarian since starting my waste journey, but before that I did eat meat and I think I do get a lot of questions around people because not only is it purchasing the meat, but it's actually making sure that you use it within the time that you've bought it and then being able to, if you're going to freeze it, then how do you freeze meat without plastic? Because traditionally we would wrap it in plastic wrap or we'd put it in a snaplock bag. So I think first of all, Tupperware is your friend and I think that 
it is like we do have plastic Tupperware containers and it's coming back to that. I don't want people to throw out all of their Tupperware containers they've got at home. But when you do need to purchase it again, look at something like a glass container. But what I find really helpful is when you are going to do your weekly shop is taking a container with you. So say, for example, then even if you're going to Coles and Woolworths, you don't have to be going to your local organic farmer's markets every week. But if you are going to Coles and Woolworths or your local butcher, even better, take your container with you and get them to put the meat in that. And I get a lot of people who are really nervous to do this. And it is a little bit scary when you first go up there, but... I actually get such a positive response from the people behind the counter that it's worth it. Or I get somebody else happily side-eyeing me going, oh, that's really cool. That's such a simple idea. I should do that next time. That it makes such a big difference because I think people just want to be shown how to do things. And if they can see somebody leading by example, then that person that saw me last week might come in the next week and then bring their own container with them because I think that makes such a big difference. In terms of other areas that I've found really difficult is I have actually found that I've become a lot healthier since trying to reduce my waste because when you think about it, most of the naughty packaged naughty foods are packaged foods. So things like chips and lollies and I don't even know what else there is. Everything seems to be packaged. And so by kind of taking a step back and now if I do want to have chocolate, I will go to a bulk food store and I'll buy only the chocolate I need, not three box because they're on special and you got three for five um, or something like that. So I think it's about making those simple healthy swaps and it sounds ridiculous but it is simple just kind of sticking to the perimeter of the grocery store it's something that nutritionists have said for decades it's the healthiest but when you look at the plastics that are all in those middle aisles then it is a lot easier and then I think when it comes down to making a purchasing decision between a couple of products we're so used to kind of I know I am comparing products on price And if we kind of take a step back and not only compare them on price, but also compare them on their environmental impact and where they're made. So if you think of things like pasta, for example, you could get a packet of pasta, but you can also get a box of pasta that then has a tiny little plastic window at the front. And then you're reducing your impact significantly by just making that small change. So I don't think we have to kind of decide to have a plastic free shop. I know I've tried to do that. And honestly, I just get really hungry because all I've got really is fruit and veg and some eggs in there. So I think if we just hold ourselves accountable for it and yeah, make those, make a more conscious purchasing decision. And how do you navigate dairy? I'm curious because it's something I don't actually eat a huge amount of dairy, funnily enough. Um, And I know that Harris Farm has got the milk on tap now, which is really exciting. But that's, as far as I'm aware, one of the only ways of getting milk, for example, without plastic, unless there's some amazing service that's popped up since I've been sort of off social media. But yeah, how do you navigate dairy? It is difficult. And I think think Baramba are also um, bringing out milk in glass jars um, which is great and I think again if we're putting pressure on companies then they will turn around and start bringing out dairy in glass. I've actually started making my own yogurt which is something that I never thought I would do. I love yogurt. I'm a bit of a fiend. My dad kind of eats probably about five or six kilos a week and that's not really over exaggerating like it's a legitimate thing that happens in our family. So for me I bought a yogurt maker from Woolworths of all places. It's just so bizarre and 
I do, it does, you need to get the powder, the yogurt powder in a small plastic packet. So there is still a degree of waste, but the impact that it has is, is so much less and it's also so much cheaper. So I've been doing that now when it comes to yogurt. Um, cheese is again I, a big passion of mine um but for cheese i do go to the deli section and i bring my own container and even I've, I've taken my own coffee cup before and literally asked them because that's all i had to put some feta in my coffee cup and they did it and it was great and it worked an absolute charm so that's another thing and then going to places like um harris farms only available in sydney as far as i know but those kind of organic stores you do have a lot of um places where you can actually cut get cut cheese for, from the deli or whatever so then bringing a beeswax wrap or some kind of container then for that so i think it does come down to being organized because you need to be prepared for these kinds of things you can buy feta as well in woolworths and coles in a glass jar and it's my favorite feta as well so that always helps but yeah i think it does it, it is tricky and I don't think that it's that easy, but I think it is worth the effort for us to kind of step a little bit out of our lane. And if, say, for example, I don't buy milk that much, I might buy milk if I'm cooking something in particular. So that's probably once a month. So that's fine. But yogurt, I eat every week. So that's something that I have made a big change to, to reduce my plastic. I think food is a, because we eat three times a day, food becomes something that is quite... Um, What's the word? I think food becomes something that is quite important for us to look at. But what I find interesting or what I think would be interesting is what are some of the quick wins or some of the things that people can think about straight away and feel that they can get a bit of momentum on when it comes to food? Because we are engaging with food in so many different platforms and at so many different intervals throughout the day. What are some things that you think would be or you are finding are really helpful for people to, to know and to take on? being prepared. So I think going to the grocery store with a list, knowing exactly what you need. So you're not buying another tin of chickpeas when you've got four already at home. You're not buying extra onions and you're creating food waste. I think it comes down to being organized and knowing what you're going to be making for that week. Um, I also think it comes down to shopping seasonally, which you'd be really familiar with because it's going to not only be cheaper, but it is better for the environment. It's better for the Australian economy if we're eating seasonally. So kind of check out, have a look online. Um, a lot of the Woolworths and Coles magazines do offer seasonal specific recipes and then their specials actually marry into people making those recipes. And I think my last thing would be using up what you've got in your pantry already. So I know for me, I've made a lot of wacky recipes and I've got a whole jar of quinoa flakes. I don't even know what, I, what to do with quinoa flakes. I'm not going to make that weird recipe again. So it's about then trying to find a recipe that does use that up and then I can eventually buy something else. You know, I find that so hilarious because I have this bag of quinoa flakes in my pantry and they've been there for 18 months. I'm telling you, who decided that quinoa needed to be flaked? I don't know. And the thing is, I tried to make quinoa porridge the other day because I was like, that's really innovative. It was awful. Hated it. But I sat there and I ate it because I was going, well, I'm not going to throw this out because it's been sitting there for <laughs> however long and it was terrible. Oh dear, look, we're not, none of us are perfect. I'm thinking I'm, maybe I'm going to have to go home and, and figure this out for people because it's, it's becoming a trend, like this quinoa flake thing. Uh, you know, it was a good idea. You can understand why you do it. But anyway, we'll find a recipe for you people. It's, it's, or maybe you've got one for us. Please let us know. 
Um, so we've covered sort of general, we've covered bathroom, we've covered food and kitchen. And the last segment is just generally in the home. And now I know, I know that you're a big uh, soap nut fan, which has been a revelation for me because I've owned, similar to the Kimwa Flakes, I've owned soap nuts for like a year and a half, but have been told by my boyfriend that they weren't as effective as the really strong detergent. And you gave me some really good advice that I should just start using it and not telling him about it which is exactly what I've done. So sorry, Will, if you're listening, but all your clothes have been washed by soap nuts for the last couple of weeks and you haven't noticed. I'm so happy. That literally makes my day hearing that. (laughs) It was crazy that they were just sitting there. But look, yeah, so soap nuts are a really good option because they have a natural soap foam action, but they're a nut, so they can go on your compost. Like it's kind of like a gift from God. I'm not really sure how nature designed this for us but that's a laundry situation you gave me some really good advice to put some um, essential oils on the little bag that they're in because it makes everything smell delicious so that's been that's been a fun adventure for me so that's some laundry so if you've got more tips on laundry love to hear it but just generally around the home you know if you look underneath your kitchen sink wow landmine right so many chemicals going on under there they're all in plastic so I look at that and I think I should just finish them but at the same time they smell awful. So anyway, how, how do you combat those areas of the home? Cleaning is a big issue and it is tricky because I think in this area in particular is where there is a lot of greenwashing within the industry. There's a lot of products out there that claim to be earth friendly and better for the environment when they're actually not. And I think it comes down to similar to when you'd look at the back of a nutrition label on some food. And if you see a lot of things that you don't know that you can't pronounce the names of, then you kind of know, well, those are chemicals that I don't want in my body. It's the same when it comes to cleaning. If you think about the sprays you're using in your kitchen, you're spraying it onto a surface that then you're going to be inhaling and breathing in or preparing food in. So all of those chemicals are going to go into your food. So I think it's something that we really need to be conscious about. But I think where I see most people making a change when it comes to cleaning is when they're expecting. That is when I see the biggest change, when people decide, oh my God, I've got a baby on the way and they're poor. that poor baby is going to breathe in all of these chemicals. I'm going, that's great for the newborn baby, but what about you? You've been breathing in these chemicals your whole life and it's only been now that you've decided to make a change. So I think when it comes to cleaning products, it's looking at the labels and reading them. And if there are ingredients on there that you can't pronounce, then... I don't think I'd be buying, well, I wouldn't be buying those products. So I think some of the best cleaning products we can use are things like white vinegar, bicarb soda, and a couple of essential oils. For me, this has been a revelation and it has been something that's been so simple. I've actually been making my own equivalent to a household cleaning spray. And what it is, is as soon as I squeeze out the rest of a lemon, I pop it in this jar that I've got that just has some white vinegar in there. And it sits there. It's been sitting there for probably a bit longer than it should, but it's fine. It's probably been about a month now and then what I'll do is I will then get that vinegary lemony liquid and then I'll put equal amounts of water to it and there I've got my own household cleaning spray it costs next to nothing and it cleans absolutely everything any kind of stain I've got whether it's on the kitchen bench whether it's in the bathroom it's everything and it is so simple and easy so I think that something is making your own is really great but then yeah being more accountable for those products that you're getting and if you do have products underneath your laundry sink 
sink or your kitchen sink now the worst thing you can do is pour them down the drain so please don't do that because you think you're then going to be able to recycle the plastic bottle that it came into there are some recycling facilities that do actually handle chemicals themselves so if you look up with your local council you'll be able to find they do have a day where you can drop off chemicals and hazardous material you can actually do that with some of the cleaners that you've got as well and then they will dispose of them properly so please do not pour them down the drain wow i just learned something i didn't realize that okay i'll try and find a link to an example of that for people and pop it in the show notes because i think that that really helps because not no one wants to pour it down the sinks you end up collecting this kind of museum of chemicals that you'll never really want to use anyway or that you never really manage to get to the bottom of and then just sort of sit there and you need to it's nice to cleanse that out but you also absolutely cannot be pouring it down the sink or even worse pouring it on a garden or just trying to get rid of it somewhere which I've also seen so really important not to do that so that's the chemical element and um, what else around the house do you think is important for people to look at or is it mainly those areas it's everywhere I think it's kind of like opening up a can of worms as soon as you're more conscious about what you're using then for me I was just mind blown by the number of things that I was using and I was throwing out and it could be as simple as doing a bit of a bin audit which sounds ridiculous but having a look at what you've got inside them what are you throwing out every week I know for us at home is something that we've stopped using is paper towels I used to go through reams of paper towels and yes there's no chemicals in them but it's wasteful and why do we need them so now we use double the amount of tea towels that we've used every week but we've stopped using paper towels so I think it's just about making those small switches and in everybody's home it's going to be completely different it depends on how many people you're living with to the ages and the demographics but I think there are generally better solutions out there it's just about finding them which is how kind of coming back to banish how there's all of those products on there because I would look at my kitchen and I'd go okay how am I going to get rid of cling wrap okay well I need to have beeswax wraps and also silicon food covers are a great option so then I'd find those for banish so I think there are a lot of great solutions out there so other things that I think for me have been a big change have been composting so I know we were talking about this before the show because you've got um, some little worms at home for me I live in a townhouse in the middle of the city so I don't have a worm farm but I do have a bakashi bin which is kind of just like an literally it's an airtight container that's exactly what it is and I use a great app called share waste which connects me with people in my area that have compost bins that are looking for more organic food matter so that's probably cut down our waste in the home I'd say at least by one third is putting organic matter into this bakashi bin and it's been funny I was reflecting yesterday actually on what I used to put into it to what I put in it now because I'm a lot more adventurous and I just know a lot more so kind of things like I was putting in it yesterday were not just fruit and veg scraps but also hair from my hairbrush I was putting in biodegradable actually home compostable plastic that I had from um, some packaging and then there was also patty pans that I had from some muffins things like this that I wouldn't have realized could actually go into that bin and be diverted from landfill so I think for me composting has been a huge revelation and it's something that I just didn't think was possible until now. And I think just to round up this whole conversation, we've covered all the different areas of the home and other areas of our day-to-day lives. I think one thing I'm hearing from you loud and clear is about layering these habits on top of each other, taking them one step at a time, making sure that when you do look at one area of your home that you sort of use what you've got as best you can and then look for a better swap option. And also just trade-offs. You know, there's some things that 
you're going to be able to nail. It's going to be a quick win. There's others that it might take you a bit of time to think through and process and think about what your behaviour change might be around that or what you're willing, where you're willing to flex because there might be some non-negotiables for you and there might, therefore you've got 99% of all other things that you can look at, you know. So I really like your balanced approach to this. I feel like that must resonate with a lot of people. So what's the engagement? So Banish obviously is the brand that you work with, but you're doing a fantastic job of getting the message out there in lots of different ways. And how are you finding that this message is landing with people? It's been amazing, really. I've absolutely really enjoyed this journey and meeting people. And I've learned so much from people. I've learned just as much from other people than I have from kind of my own research. And I think we've got all so many stories to tell and it's just been amazing. But I think the biggest thing that that has come back um, from all of the feedback that I've got is people just go, it is actually so easy. And I think there's this big stigma around going plastic free and becoming a zero waste eco warrior, which would be amazing if we could all do that. But realistically, it's not possible for a lot of people. So I think if we can all do something together, we can make a big difference. So with Plastic Free July looming uh, and you've got this whole month for everyone to take on board their own little challenges or their own little behavior changes. So what would be... I guess your words of wisdom for people wanting to take something on for the month of July. I think that it needs to be something that's going to be difficult but achievable for you. So just you can't do it because I'm doing it. You can't decide that you're going to, I know for me it's going to be single-use plastic in the terms of cutlery, so plastic cutlery, napkins. For me that's going to be something that I'm going to really challenge this month. But if you never eat out then don't jump on that challenge with me. Jump on your own challenge. It might be stopping using paper towels in the home. I think it needs to be something that's going to actually make an impact in your life. But don't make it too difficult for yourself. And if you do mess up, then just keep going because you're doing better than doing nothing at all. All right. And look, there's a lot of great content, a lot of great links to really interesting information as well. So if you're feeling a little bit unsure about what to tackle this conversation's given you all a huge amount to think about and also hopefully removed a bit of the stigma because although on social media we love to portray ourselves as perfect and I think that we definitely see that rhetoric even within some of the zero waste movements the reality is that Lottie and I and a lot of people out there are all trying and they care but no one's perfect and we all just take little bite-sized chunks and sometimes we fall off the wagon like we do with everything you know you can't stay on a diet all the time the systems around us are starting to shift in a way that supports this movement but we just need to keep making little steps and taking little actions along the way that's the take-home message find something in your own life that you would like to change and it has to be unique to you and, and give it a go so thank you so much for joining us Lottie is there anything else that you wanted to say or share with people before we we've covered a lot of ground but if there's anything else you'd like to share or get off your chest and out of your heart and mind for people please go ahead um no just the main thing is that if people do want to join Plastic Free July the program that I'm doing is they can head to banish.com.au for lots of information follow me on Instagram which is banish.au and we've also got a Facebook page called Sustainable Swappers which is all about just creating a forum where people can ask questions and there's a lot of people on there who have got great tips and hacks and are just able to share their information so it's just a space that I've created to kind of help people come together over a common goal and just to yeah ask questions which I think is the best thing you can do amazing thank you so much links to all of that will be in the show notes thank you everyone for listening and thank you so much Lottie for being here thanks for having me so much was said in this conversation we covered tips and tools and some of our own home truths 
On reflection, I'm proud of the changes I've made over the past few years, but I'm also excited by the opportunity to take on a few more this July. I was particularly struck by Lottie's words around not only looking to compare the price of consumables, but also their environmental impact. That message of buy once and buy forever really stuck with me. But what stood out for you? What lit a fire in your belly or flicked a switch in your mind? What are your quick wins? What things have you already changed that you don't give yourself enough credit for? As you ponder these questions, I'd like to thank you for taking part in today's episode. And remember, if we all make small changes, they add up to collective impact. I've been your host, Georgia Scheel. Thank you for listening in to Climactic. This has been a production of Climactic, a podcast collective helping local communities tell their extraordinary stories. It's our mission to help elevate the voices of the everyday heroes we're surrounded by and inspire, sustain, and motivate the climate community. We love working with local environmental groups, individuals, nonprofits, and social enterprises. So if you've got a story to tell, please just get in touch. The Climactic Collective is Mark Spencer, Rich Bowden, Maxine Baisley, Georgia Scheel, and Bronwyn Gresham. Our producer is Hazel Fidikara. Our digital design is by Rose Fidikara. Our climactic theme is produced by Greg Grassi, and our logo designed by Abigail Hawkins. We're also pleased to feature the music of the General Assembly. Thank you for listening to Climactic, the podcast for our climactic times. The Climactic Collective. This show is produced by Hear Media, a boutique audio agency in Narm, Melbourne. To learn more and get in touch, head to hearmedia.studio. That's H E R E media.studio.